and everybody has it back again. Don't take no mess at the rose garden. Jesus, they're on fire. They're what we desire. The men in black can handle it. Other teams can scrapple it. How they win that game today? There's just one thing you can say. How does somebody shoot that three? Believe it, it ain't easy. How did Brian jump so sweet? Believe it, it ain't easy. It's the flying dot that's in your lap. Yeah, it's always interesting to me when there's like a trend because like last year, you know, they made the playoffs. They lo- they you know out of the play, and nobody really expected them to beat the Clippers in that you know in that play-in game and get into the playoffs. They did lose to Memphis in the first round, which people expected because Memphis was a two seed and they you know they were a lot better team in the regular right. season. But they won a couple games in that series, and they were a lot more competitive in that series than people expected. They should. They honestly should have won the series. They they really they really <laughs> could have. There were a couple of those games that like yeah. could have gone either way. That you know they should they should have they, you know they, there was a very real argument that they probably should have won that series. But the point being, when you're a team like that, that's such a young team, and like none of these guys really have any real playoff experience, at least out of the main guys. Obviously, Patrick Beverly has been on some pretty good teams at other points in his career, but. You have this group of young guys that has no idea, you know, how, you know they hadn't been there before, and and you know you want to take the next step, and like you bring in, you you know, you completely change the roster. You bring in a guy like Rudy Gobert, who has been in deep playoff runs with the Jazz and has made the playoffs most years in his career. You're completely changing, like, you're not only your you know the culture and you know the personalities and stuff, but the expectations. Like once you make that type of move. You don't make that move to maybe be a play-in team or be like a six or seven seed again. You make that move because you think you are. This is your window to contend. Like how, like how close? And obviously they've had some ups and downs, and Towns is hurt right now. How? Where would you? Where would you say that the Wolves just overall like? Are they worried about like where they're at right now? Are they feeling good about where they're at right now? Are they still? You know, this is a work in progress. We have no idea how it's going to go. Like. Like where 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 would you where would you say they they kind of see themselves in this kind of mix of teams in the West right now? I don't think they feel good about it, but I don't they're not hitting the panic button okay. either. Um, so I think it's kind of that last option you said of like, look, this is still we're still trying to figure it out, and now Carl's out for over a month. So you know, how do we figure it out and buy time until he gets back? So it's it's kind of somewhere in between feeling worried and feeling good, which is kind of bleh, I guess we could say. Sure, yeah. <laughs> like they, well, but... they do feel they do feel like they should have won, you know, three, four, five more games. And if that if they do that, then, you know, where are they sitting in the Western Conference playoff picture? Easily could have um, won the game in Portland the other right, night. Right, exactly. And there were there were a lot of games like that uh, early in the season that they felt they let get away. So, you know, can they shore up some of those issues that cost them in those games and um I think they've been playing better of late, but it's still, you know, they're still not maximizing uh, their full potential and can't because Carl's not playing. Well, the good news for them, and and this is kind of the same thing for Portland, this is something I've been saying lately, is that they're kind of struggling and muddling and not really setting themselves apart, but, like, 
neither is anybody else neither in is the West, the West right now. Right, like, right. I, I, like, there are like 10 teams in the West right now. It's a weird, it's a weird there's, landscape. It's so the weird. There's Because there's like, because yeah. in the East, there's Milwaukee and Boston that are clearly the two best teams, and there's a pretty big gap between them and everybody else. And you know that it's going to probably be one of those two teams that comes out of the, out of the East. But in the West, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like there's probably 10 teams, including both Portland and Minnesota, that talk, they could very reasonably talk themselves right now into, you know, if we just get this guy healthy and we get the right matchup in the playoffs, we're, we're, yeah. A, we're right, yeah. We're, yeah. we're a five game, you know, we're a five six game winning streak away from being the three seed or the yeah. four seed or whatever. Like, like that's where a lot of teams are right now. And it's who's actually going to make that move is is the big question. Um, nobody seems to really want to lay claim to just being an elite team in the west outside of a a few of a few folks up towards the top um but yeah you know it's if there was a year where they could kind of struggle through it this was the year to do it where you know you're still very much in the mix 25 games into the season of, of still being potentially a top four team in the west what do you think of the Blazers, right? Because, I mean, I, I'm always curious whenever I have people on or talk to people who cover other teams, like, day in and day out and maybe have only seen the Blazers, you know, a few times. Like, last the, the other night was the first time these two teams have played each other, so this is obviously the first time you've seen them in person. But, like, I'm sure you're, you're also watching other teams in the league, you know, here and there over the course of the season, and especially with these two teams being in the same division, it's probably a team that you've at least somewhat paid attention to. And the version of them that you got the other night, outside of Gary Payton II, that was as healthy as they're probably going to be the rest of the season. So that was as close to full strength as you're going to get. So I'm kind of curious, just from a complete outsider perspective, what your impressions have been of, of this team, the team that I cover. I think that they just they just pose a lot of issues with the backcourt. Um you know, I, I don't think I've seen the Wolves struggle to guard. But the Wolves have had issues guarding the perimeter uh, mm-hmm. a lot this year. They really struggled with that, with, with Simons and Lillard the other night. And to a degree where I, I – I, there were there were nights where it felt like the Wolves just weren't trying hard enough or just didn't have the energy or effort I felt like they had, even on the second night of a back-to-back, they had the requisite amount of intensity and effort to try and defend Willard and Simons. They just they couldn't do it. Was was my thing. So I, I it's just a matchup problem, and those guys pose a lot of issues. Um, and I think you know it, they make it they make it look easy, but but what they're doing right now and, and making it hard on the Wolves the other night was was kind of eye-opening to me just kind of how those two are working off of each other yeah and it's going to be really interesting to see again i don't want to do too much to go game preview stuff because this episode probably won't even be out by the time the next game is played but i think this game is going to be a blowout in one direction or the other i don't know which way it's going to go but i don't think it's going to be close because these 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 baseball series games are always just weird (laughs) yeah i got the vibe at shoot around that the wolves were kind of ticked at themselves for letting that one get mm-hmm. away the other night. So I, I don't know where it's going to go either. Um, I think but, Portland also probably feels like they won, but they didn't play as well as they could have. I think. They, right. Right. I, and the wolves feel the same way. So I, yeah, I, 
no feel, no feel for. I have, I just have no feel for this Wolves team in general. Like, I don't know what they're, what's going to happen on a, on a nightly basis with them. That's, that's one thing I've learned, uh, covering this team specifically and just the Wolves in general. The last few years is, I, I don't know with any certainty what kind of team is going to be on the floor, and that's one of the inconsistencies of this, of this team is which version of this team is going to show up. Um, and we'll see. It has gotten better of late, but they're still open to having a decent number of clunkers out there. Where does this team rank for you? Because you've been on the beat. What is this like your fourth, fifth season? This will be my this is my fifth season covering the Wolves. Right, because yeah. your because your first year on the beat, I remember because you and I were talking a lot at that point. Your first year on the beat was Jimmy's, Jimmy's second year, which Jimmy's was the year that everything year. got blown up there. Like, yeah, yeah, where does yeah. which would where, where does this rank on just like the weirdest because there's there's never been a normal Timberwolves season because it's just a, not a franchise that normal <laughs> that stuff is, happens to but true. like yeah. where does where does this what is the weirdest is, is is the Jimmy thing still like the craziest thing you've ever covered or just yeah. like this or yeah. yeah the Jimmy season was was one of the craziest sagas you know I've been a sports writer now for 13 years 12 years whatever it is uh-huh. um and that was the craziest couple of weeks that i've ever really endured and I, that more yeah, so than of any was, of because you covered some pretty it, good yeah. blackhawks teams too back yeah, when we yeah. both lived part in chicago of, part of that was i was just brand new to the beat and was just really trying to get my footing on a didn't know anybody yet it was, right exactly it was just like a disaster from a from just you know yeah you're just pulling your hair out every day over what was happening um so that was the strangest one for sure um i mean you know uh, last year was probably um the easiest drama free kind Mm -hmm. of season that they had um yeah winning winning does that right especially (laughs) when nobody expected it right right exactly expectations were low they win a lot of games they get to the playoffs everybody's generally happy throughout the course of the season so that was the easiest season to cover this one has just been a little off just because of just because of the expectations right it's it's just you're waiting to see if they're ever going to to get there and it's an interesting dynamic as a reporter because with every loss you know the fan base the, the people on twitter the commenters on your article oh everybody me, I know. everybody everybody wants to say the sky is falling fire everyone over, trade everyone fire everybody trade everybody start from scratch again um but as a reporter you're always supposed to be more measured right and so it's like at what point do you as a reporter say it's not working anymore or it's not going to work you know as opposed to the fan you know it's how do you strike that balance as as a reporter and you know especially with carl out we just don't have enough answers to really say for sure whether this trade was a good idea or a bad idea well i liked it at the time and obviously it's going to work out or it's not going to work out but when they made the trade i mean i think a lot of people were you know, crushing them for it just because they gave up so many unprotected picks. But I said at the time, and I wrote, and I, I think this is maybe maybe the last or one of the last stories that I wrote for BR was, I liked the move because I like it when teams just decide to take a swing and go all in. I like the Cavs trade for uh, Donovan Mitchell for the same reason. And I know that, you know, that trade is working out a lot better so far for them than the Gobert trade is working out for the, yeah. for the Wolves. But 
I like it when teams just say, you know what, screw it. We're going to go for it. We're going to try to, you know, it may work out. It may not, but we're going to actually just go for it instead of saying, well, you know, we want to build through the draft. We want to, like, there's, you know, I think there's, there's a, you know, there's value in doing that. But I like it when teams just say, you know what, we have, you know, we have Towns, we have Edwards. We want to get as high of a ceiling as we can. Let's just, let's just go for it. Do you have a benchmark for, you know, you said you can't really evaluate yet whether this team is good. Do you have, like, for you personally, as someone who follows the team and covers the team, do you have a time in the schedule or a benchmark or a number of games that you're going to be able to look at and say, you know, this is when I'm going to be able to say whether I think this team is good or not? Because for me with Portland, I've been saying since the schedule came out that if they're at 500 at Christmas, they're fine. So I have right. like basically another few weeks to go before that. And so Christmas is kind of the date that I've been circling where like, okay, now we've seen enough. Now we can draw some conclusions. I realize with the Wolves, it's a little bit tricky just because Towns has been out for so long. And so you haven't really been able to see the full version. But do you have any kind of like idea of like, you can't draw any conclusions now, but do you know when you're going to be able to draw conclusions about them? Originally in my mind, I had had the halfway point of the season marked off. So like mid-January? Uh, yeah, mid-January. But now that's going to shift because Carl's been out now. Mm-hmm. So, you know you give it another 20 games after he gets back to, to cause that's sort of about where he, where they were when he went out is about game 20. Mm-hmm. So give it another 20 games when he comes back. Cause I don't think you have at that point you, you want like by the time the last 20 games gets here or the last 15, whatever it may be, you really want to be where you are as a team at that point in time. Um, and not still just trying to discover yourself as you head into the playoffs. So I am probably going to give it now until about game 60 or so, assuming he comes back around the halfway point of the season. Because, and and this is just uh, experience from last year too, the Wolves didn't really become the the Wolves that they were until about mid-January last year. That was when they really started to to win games. They became the number one offense in the league from January onward. Um, And that's when they really became who they were. So I, I kind of had a similar benchmark in my mind of about the halfway point in the season would be kind of where they where they where I would evaluate them in my mind and going forward. So with Carl's injury, I'm willing to push that back a little bit. But by the time we get to, uh, let's say, early to mid-March, they better be where they're where they need to be. Yeah, I would. I mean, I would hope so, because that's like after the deadline, because then after that, I mean, they probably don't even have really any moves to make because they traded everything for. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see at the deadline. But but yeah, but obviously in terms of major, major moves that are going to really impact your team for this year. Tough. I mean, we'll see why the trade landscape looks, but tough to to see that when you don't have uh, that the draft capital to make things happen. Yeah, well, I'm going to be very interested in, uh, and again, I know this is a Blazers podcast, but part of the reason why I like to have folks like you on is to get a check-in on some of these teams that are kind of going to be in the mix with Portland, especially if they play in the same division, they're going to be playing each other a bunch of times. So I'm, you know, I'm very interested to see, A, how, how, you know, tonight goes differently from the other night. And then also they play again in, I think, early to mid-January. I don't have a date in front of me, but in Minnesota they play, and then they play mm-hmm. another time after that. So I'm going to keep checking in. So, Chris, I really appreciate you coming on with me. Chris, everybody can check Chris out. He covers the Timberwolves for the 
Minneapolis Star Tribune. He's been covering the team for a number of years, does a great job. And on Twitter, uh, at Christopher Hine, and a lot, of, a lot of music tweets as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, listen, you get what you get when you follow me on oh, Twitter. Oh, yeah. I, you I, had, I, some, you I, had some takes about the, uh, the playlist choices the other night. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a few takes as, as an openly gay man on Pride Night. I was like, hmm, these are interesting song choices. Just very basic, yeah. like, hey, let's play YMCA. Let's play, let's play YMCA and let's play Katy Perry Fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of which, you know what? I, yeah. This was not even on my list of things to ask you about, but since that mm-hmm. just came up, there was, a, you know, there was obviously that whole story a couple weeks before training camp when Anthony, there was a video of Anthony Edwards posting the video on yep. social media of him making some homophobic comments and you did a bunch of uh i listen i read a lot of your coverage i listened to a lot of podcasts that you were on and what you were saying was that you know he's gonna have to besides just kind of the apology at a press conference or whatever and all that stuff that he did and the tweet and all that there was other stuff he was gonna have to do in order to really make amends for that with a lot of fans so i'm actually just curious it's literally just i Honestly, sure. I literally did not have this in my head to even ask you about, but it just like popped mm-hmm. into my head right now because that subject just came up. What kind of has that a has it come up at all again since media day or and but also like have you gotten any kind of feedback on where he is in like doing stuff? Yeah, to make, um, like, I'm, I'm I'm just curious about that a little bit. So the Wolves' Pride Night is in a couple of weeks. It's early January. Okay. Um, and so I am planning on revisiting that in my coverage um, and maybe reaching back out to some of the people that I had spoken with after the video surfaced, like LGBTQ fans of the mm-hmm. Wolves, um, and just kind of seeing, gauging their reaction to to how the team and how Ant has handled it. I, you know, I'm not quite sure. I, I I have to do a little more digging into if Ant has done something. Obviously, he, he hasn't, like, posted any videos or done anything, you know, outwardly public, um, you know, in terms of either working with organizations or anything like that. We haven't seen anything from him in that, in that respect. But um, I'm going to see if there's been anything that's been going on, you know, with him behind the scenes. And, and we'll just we'll just see what I find over the next couple of weeks and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Well, fair, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Well, I'll be, I'll be very interested in that as well as the rest of your Timberwolves coverage. Again, you do a great job. Minneapolis star tribune at it's Christopher Hine on Twitter, right? Yep. Yeah. Full name. Yeah. Full name. Yeah. There was a Chris Hine when I first signed up for Twitter. So I had to opt for, was it anybody famous? Hine. No, I mean, they're still on Twitter that, that person, I okay. think whoever it is, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm Christopher at Christopher Hine for probably eternity. All right. Well, I'll I'll see I'll see you in a couple hours at the arena. But thanks yep. again for doing this. No problem. Anytime, Sean.